If you're 60 years old today, there's a good chance you'll live to 100. Are you prepared? Welcome to Your Longest Life, the podcast all about exploring how we can live our best life as we age. Here's your host, Ian Thompson. And uh, good morning and welcome to Mike Drack. Mike, good morning. How are you? Not bad, Ian. Yourself? Excellent. I'm just going to read a little introduction about who you are for for our folks today. Mike is a 38-year veteran of the financial services industry and lives in Toronto. He's the best-selling author of Victory Lap Retirement. We're going to talk about that in a minute here. Award-winning blogger, public speaker, retirement lifestyle designer. That sounds fa- I, I'm I like that. I like that <laughs> retirement lifestyle designer. His latest book, Retirement Heaven or Hell, shows people how to design and transition to their own version of a victory lap. Uh, Drac works with his wife, an investment advisor, helping her clients design their own fulfilling retirement lifestyles. That sounds great. Well, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. Well, welcome and thank you for taking a few time, few minutes with us. Now, I, I wrote some things down. I just want to toss these out and get your thoughts on that. Your first book, of course, was called Victory Lap Retirement. And that's where you said you expected to be retired two or three decades longer than you worked. And that's a big change for people, isn't it? Oh, you know, increasing longevity has changed everything. It, you know, it's, it's forcing us to change our approaches to, to uh, retirement because it, it's very difficult and it's causing a lot of stress for people to try to finance maybe up to 30 years of retirement with 30 years of work. It, the numbers just don't work anymore. So we have to have new approaches and, and a new different mindset to, to how to kind of adapt to that new reality. But uh, you know, whoever thought living longer would be a problem? Well, it's, it's, it's like, it's inevitable we're going to live longer because every time something goes wrong, they just put a new hip in or a new knee in or a new, my mom had open heart surgery when she was in her 80s. It's crazy. It's like we're cars. They just replace parts <laughs> and we keep on ticking. <laughs> <laughs> but, but as you say, I mean, you know, sure, the good news is we're going to live longer. The bad news is, are we going to run out of money? Is that like when I say that, is that actually happening? Do you do you see that happening? Yes, yes. Uh, you know that's a big fear, a, a real concern. But another huge concern is the amount of money. I'm, I'm sorry, the amount of people, boomers, approaching retirement with zero in the way of retirement savings. I think in the U.S. it's it's forty five percent. Forty five percent have nothing saved. Nothing saved uh, late in life. So they're going to try to get by on Social Security, which is the equivalent to CPP and OAS here. And right. it's just not going to work because you, you don't want to live like that. So, you, you know, you're going to have to, you know, if, if you want to avoid living like that, you're going to have to find a part-time work or create it for yourself. But mm-hmm. that's reality. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, aren't aware of it because no one talks about that. Now, one of the other things you wrote down here I, I wanted to bring up, you said you don't need a lot of money to enjoy a great retirement. So on the one hand, maybe maybe we're thinking too much about more and more money and not enough about what I'm actually going to do. That's right. And, and uh, really, we, we don't understand the connection between money and lifestyle. Uh, and, and when I was younger, I, I thought the same way because I had no idea how much money I needed to retire with. And what I would do is read Money Sense magazine. I'm not sure if you're familiar yep. with it. Mm-hmm. And I would look at the profiles. They would have a family profile and they say Mr. X and Mr. Y. 
and they're yeah. making this kind of money and they save that this much for retirement. And yes, they're going to have a wonderful retirement. And I said, well, geez, if, if I have more than them, I'm automatically going to have retirement. <laughs> I'm good to but, go. Yeah. Yeah. But there was no connection. You see what people, and this is what I do with retirement lifestyle design. You really have to figure out what you want to do in retirement. What will make you happy in retirement? What will be fulfilling for you? And then actually figure out how much that will cost you. Right down to the dollar. Okay. And then take the, that cost back to your financial plan and say, okay, do you have enough retirement assets to cover that need? And if you do, life is wonderful, right? right. But until you compare the two and make that connection, you'll always be guessing. You'll never be sure you have enough. And you'll always think, oh, I need a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And you'll have that kind of feeling all the time until you do that basic work, right? And that's what a lot of people do. They, you know, they read the magazines and they say, okay, I need 70% of my, my, uh, you know, working income as a replacement ratio, or I need millions of dollars. And, and no, you don't, depending on what your lifestyle requirements are in retirement. And they're all unique to you. What do you want to do? Right. Some people have low cost lifestyles and they're very happy with them. Right. Right. Now let's go back to the beginning. This is this is top of mind for you, obviously, because you've lived the retirement hell. No, oh, I, I was there. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, not a fun place. <laughs> let's, let's pull on that thread a little bit. Tell me, tell me about that. Well, uh, I was I was pushed out of my banking job after thirty six years at age fifty nine, and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And I went out and I got my hands on every retirement book I could. I read them all, but I, I was disappointed because they all dealt with money. And really what I wanted to know is what was I going to do in retirement? Did I really want to retire or did I want to work somewhere else or whatever? I had no, no idea and I struggled with it and it caused a lot of anxiety because I couldn't figure things out. There was no one I could go to for some guidance or, you know, mentor and I really started feeling isolated, like uh, people in the pandemic, because you sit at home, you don't get emails anymore. You don't get phone calls anymore. All my friends, which are basically were work friends, they were all still working. And my wife was working too. So I'd be sitting at home by myself, feeling miserable about things. Yes. No one could understand or relate to what I was going through because they automatically thought, if you don't have to go to work, you mm -hmm. got happy. But I was miserable. And I suffered from retirement uh, shock for you know close to two years until I figured things out. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. And this precious time too. And uh, you know, I it, it was a form of depression. It's basically how people feel right now during the pandemic, right? The only difference being is you know, to get out of a pandemic, you can get a vaccine at some point, right? <laughs> right. There's no vaccine for a sudden retirement shock, right? But that's the way, I mean, that is a society is the way we think of it, isn't it? I want to, I'm sick, I need a pill. I want to right. give me a pill, whatever, right? That's right. So, and, you know, retirement hell is not a fun place because you're sitting there trying to figure things out. Uh, things that used to make you happy don't. Yeah. 
have to pick up some bad habits. You don't feel like doing anything. You're getting a little angry uh, about things. You're getting miserable and there's no one to talk to because no one understands what you're going through, right? And then, you know, uh, hopefully you start pulling things together and start getting better. And that's really why I wrote the book is to help people you know, get out of retirement mm-hmm. and get back on track. And I didn't want them to waste the two years that I wasted trying to figure things out. And, uh, you know, that's that's why I, uh, I really like the book, because I think it's going to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Here's a comment. Living someone else's retirement dream is a sure ticket to retirement hell. Sure. Sure. Meaning- I can't come up to you and say, this is what you should do in retirement. This is the kind of lifestyle you have, because everyone's different. They have different values. Values are very important. What do you like to do? What makes you feel good, right? Those are the things that you want to do in retirement. But you got to sit down and figure it out. And a lot of people don't have a clue because they've been so busy working all their lives, right? Mm -hmm. So what we try to do, uh, you know, in in my retirement lifestyle design business is we sit down with people three to five years before they retire. Okay. We start going through it and we say, okay, what are your values? What makes you happy? What would you like to do in retirement? What would you like to try or, or experiment with? And we start putting different scenarios together and start testing them out. And it's a lot of fun doing it because they come up with a lot of creative ideas. Yeah. But it takes a while to get them to kick into like creative mode and start thinking outside the box and say, hey, this might be kind of neat to try. And what excites me is the amount of people that dream about creating their own business. Mm-hmm. Business that they can continue on for as long as they like in retirement. And it's very fulfilling for them because they're finally their own boss after a a lifetime of working Mm -hmm. at a corporation. And uh, they, you know, they provide services or different products that they come up with their own ideas. And and it's exciting to see what they do with it. And then life completely turns around for them. And they're just having the time of their lives doing stuff like that. So helping people, when you help people, you're really helping yourself. And it really makes you feel good. And you can make a little money at the same time. Right? That's when retirement is really good. I wrote down, or, or, sorry, you wrote down, it says the goal is to be a retirement rebel. Ooh, oh, yeah. Like, ooh, like ooh we love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rebel. I, dis- I discovered these people. <laughs> and uh, I bumped into them. And I found them, first time I saw them was at the gym. And I'm seeing these older people, much older than I am, working out like crazy, in better shape than I am, right? And I'm going, wow, they got a different kind of attitude. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, what, the, what some of these people were doing, they were training for like marathons and things. And they were traveling all over the world, doing different marathons and then, and then going on social media and posting about it. And. And I went, wait, you're, you're not acting old. Like, you're supposed to be acting old. You're supposed to be playing safe and not doing these things. And then I went and I, I started swimming with a group of people at the community pool. Oh, terrific. One lady turned 80. She was swimming in my lane, which is the slowest lane, because I just took up swimming. And on her 80th birthday, she swam 2,000 meters nonstop in that pool. Wow. I was just amazed just amazed i want to be like her when i turn 80 
And then it's not just working out. You're seeing these people like, again, they're, they're very creative. They're starting their own businesses or they're doing all these uh, unique things, you know, you know, pushing themselves right to the edge. And they don't care if they fail at it because they'll just try something else. They have nothing to lose and they're not scared and they're living life to the, to the limits, right? And I learned from my watch, and I go, wow, I gotta be more like that, and I gotta try these things out, whatnot. It's very, very exciting. But it's a whole different kind of attitude. And, well, and I, what they don't advertise on TV, right? No. In their commercials, so. And I guess perhaps we, those, you know, if you're working, you're always worried about trying something. Perhaps when you're, I don't know, over 50, 55, you think, geez, I don't want to risk too much because right. I'm going to be retiring soon. I'm in this defensive mode. But then, then you kind of break out of that. Is that, is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you have, to, you have to understand that it's there and it's a great lifestyle to adopt. So you have to understand that these are the things that are possible in retirement that people don't tell you about. And it's very, very exciting. And then you say, okay, I want to adopt that kind of attitude towards retirement where there's no limits. Like I, I got a picture when I do a seminar of a hundred year old lady skydiving for the first time. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. And the, with the biggest smile on her face, right? And yeah. you look at her and say, and I'm scared of skydiving it. Maybe I should give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't I? So yeah. these are the role models I love. And it, like I said, it's just amazing what they're doing. And they don't care what people think about them. They don't care what people say. They love it when people say, no, you can't do that. It's not possible. And they go out and prove them wrong all the time, every day. And uh, yeah, I think it's just fascinating. Maybe it's, you know, uh, certainly for people going through life where we think, I think that we as individuals think people are watching us and we're worried about what people are going to say or do, That's what right. we wear kind of car we drive or whatever and when you can let that go what i'm hearing you say is things change well you're letting go of the ego right right it's basically you know when i was going through like uh, the bank is you know we were trained to be gladiators to compete with one another and then to show off the spoils of battle the fancy car the bigger house the nice clothes and all that yeah you become a retirement rebel none of that means anything to you it's all about just having fun, doing things that challenge you a little bit, that make you feel good about yourself, so you can you can you know feel good about a new achievement. You know, maybe you're learning something new. The whole thing changes. There's no ego in this thing because you're only competing with yourself now. You don't care about what other people do, and then you tend to hang around with different groups. I call them tribes. The people that have the same kind of uh, philosophy of you the same way of looking at life. So you you motivate, encourage each other to try these things and to push a little bit harder and whatnot. And that's how I got talked into attempting an Ironman in two years when I turned 68. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if it's gonna happen. I'm gonna try like heck to get to the, the starting yeah. line. But these are the kind of people I'm hanging around with. There's another 80 year old that's gonna do it. I'm only gonna be 68, so I can't cry to him, right? <laughs> no one's listening. No one's listening. Yeah, he's just going to laugh at me. Yeah, I, I also wrote down that you have um, two types of retirees, comfort and growth. 
comfort oriented and growth oriented. Can you talk about that? All right. The comfort oriented ones are people that wouldn't read my book number one because, okay. they, you know, they bought into the, the story about retirement as a time to rest and enjoy leisure and not take any chances. And uh, they don't want to do anything that will feel uncomfortable for them. Right. So they're not going to get out of their comfort zone. They're going to be sitting there at home and just taking it easy and not do much of anything. Maybe just hang around with some of their friends and go yeah. for lunch and, you know, spend their time maybe watching TV or something soft like that. The growth oriented ones need to, to, to challenge themselves, to try new things, to learn new things. And, and I'm, if they can't do that, they're not going to be happy. They're going to be miserable. So these are the growth ones are the ones that, yes, they're the ones that start the new businesses. They're the retirement rebels. Those are the ones that want to find ways of maybe helping others and, and doing like volunteer work and things like that. They always have to be engaged. They always have to be doing something and being challenged. And if they're not, they're, they're miserable, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you, you're putting them in that box again. And this is the time of life where they break out of that box and they can do all these things. And they try to, you know, keep knocking a ball over the fences, right? So it's a great way of living. But it's funny. If you took a, a, a comfort-oriented retiree and tried to convert them into a growth, it wouldn't work. It they, wouldn't work. Well, and if you took a growth one and tried to dumb it down and said, no, you got to stay home and play safe, well, they'd be miserable too. It's, it's just different needs for different type of retirees. But you have to recognize that not every retiree is the same or they have the same needs because they don't. Now, I can see just listening to you where, where I could run into an issue. I, let's say Ian is personally this way oriented. My, my partner is not. They're the other. Because it's, would it be, that might be more typical than both are, hey, let's go do marathons and stuff. Sure. You might have one sure. that does and one that doesn't want to. Yeah. And, and that's where really it's so important to sit down and talk to your partner and say, okay, here's some of the things I like to do in retirement. Where's your list? And then see where they kind of overlap. So those are the things you do together. But it's okay for you to have your own little things that you want to pursue and have your partner pursue theirs too. You have to respect that, right? Because you can't expect everyone to act the same or want to, to have the same things or, you know, or same challenges. Cause no, it's not, it's, it's not going to work that way. Mm -hmm. Right. So you got to talk, you got to respect each other's needs and desires, what they want to get out of retirement. And you got to do things together at the same time, but to force someone else to follow your retirement plan mm -hmm. will be the biggest mistake. And that's why they came up with great divorce, you know, because hmm. you know divorce rates for older people are going up they are going up aren't they well yeah because people aren't talking they're not planning together and they're having a hard time adjusting to the increased togetherness and we're saying you're seeing the same uh, thing happen uh, uh, because of the pandemic right they they lift uh, you know uh, restrictions uh, divorce rates have started to go through the roof too and it's the same phenomenon I think it's a very good proxy for retirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that, and I, I think in the, in the book you've got some COVID some examples of how you? that works. Yeah, yeah I thought I thought that was excellent to bring that in there. Well, yeah, well, yeah, because you see, 
a lot of people have never, well, you've never experienced retirement if you haven't retired. Right. And there's not a lot of mentors out there. So, you know, that's why the pandemic really, it was a test case for retirement. So, you know, it, you know, the questions you ask yourself, do you have a lot of friends? If you're not, and you're going to be socially isolated, it's, you're going to have problems. Yeah. TV's your best friend. You're going to have a real big problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and then it taught us about things like it's important to have purpose. If you don't have purpose, you're going to have a, another big problem. If you don't have a good reason to get out of bed in the morning, one that puts a smile on your face, you're going to be miserable. And, you know, these are things the pandemic taught us because they took away purpose. They took away our structure, right? Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, they increased our money fears because people, uh, you know, lost jobs or they couldn't work or whatever. And being forced to stay at home is, is like living on a limited income in retirement. The experience is the same, right? Because people couldn't go out and travel or do things because of the pandemic. That's how a lot of people live in retirement because they don't have a lot of retirement savings. So there's a lot of, uh, of uh, parallels there that, you know, we need to look at and reflect on and, and make sure that we can avoid some of those pitfalls when we actually do retire. So I guess if there was a silver uh, lining out of the uh, pandemic, that would be it, right? Well, let's drill down in, into your book here because you've got the nine, nine principles, retirement principles, right? right. And uh, let's just do a high level. Nurture strong relationships. You touched on that a little bit already, didn't you? Yeah, and that's the importance of, of socialization and having strong relationships with friends and family. The danger is a lot of us uh, are overly dependent on our, our work friends, and they're not real friends, and you lose a lot of them when you do retire, right? And yeah, it's interesting. The difference between knowing people and friends is huge, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy, but you're not aware of it because you're so busy during your work life, right? You don't have a lot of time for friends, especially if you have kids and you're running around too. And and then at the end of the day, you know, you go, well, geez, they weren't real friends anyways. They're all still working and I'm sitting here by myself wondering what to do. Principle number two, foster good health. Yeah, that's that's key. And and I'm very concerned about my best before day that period of life where, you know, I'm disability free and I can do all the things that uh, I want to do. So if I want to go golfing or traveling or things like that, that's like prime retirement time. And, and the neat thing is we have the ability through positive lifestyle changes to push that best before date back real far back, maybe into our nineties. And so that, that will give us like 20 plus years of prime uh, living in retirement. Right. That's such it, a big, huge, that, that, and that's a huge deal. Like, oh, it's, it's, that, it's it? unbelievable. And 20 years is a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a book written that's called Younger Next Year. I don't know if you're aware. Yes, I know, I know that book. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Chris Crowley, he, he wrote, he, uh, he put a testimony in the cover of mine. Yeah. And basically, that's, that's his theory, and it, it works, and I've seen it. And I've seen it with those people at the gym, how young they act and the energy they have and how vibrant they are because they've adopted these positive lifestyle choices. And that's how I intend on living too, because I want to extend that out, but I want to have a good life, right? Now, the third one is achieve financial independence. Is that 
that getting harder? We can talk about COVID and financial impacts. Do you see that being something that's more difficult for people to do now that we are going to live longer? I think for our kids, it's going to be more difficult because it's life isn't doesn't work like it used to. When I when I started working, I had one job. I worked in the bank for thirty six years. Wow. Our kids won't be able to do that because they're going to be, you know, technology change and industries change now. And companies come and go, so there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, new jobs that they'll take on and. There's going to be retraining uh, required, and that's going to cost money. So it's really changed. But for boomers, if they played their cards uh, right and they live, uh, you know, a frugal lifestyle, they should have a, a, a base of savings that hopefully they've achieved financial independence. And financial independence just means you've saved enough money up, and you have enough pension income coming in that it covers all your living expenses, mandatory living expenses. Mm -hmm. And then anything above that is gravy. So that's the money you spend on, on leisure and traveling and things like that. And so what I said is, I don't want to experience a drop in lifestyle. And the only way I can do that is to keep generating some active income from work. Right. And so that's why I decided to work part-time, start my own business, bring in some income. But the key is I do work that I love to do. Mm. And it's not really work. It's almost like it's almost like leisure or play, but I'm getting paid for it. And then I use that extra money I make to go on these crazy adventures I come up with. Yeah. So to me, it, it's the perfect scenario. And if I don't make the money, I don't go on the trip. If I make the money, I go on the trip, right? I don't lose sleep at night worrying about running out of money. And I'm going to keep doing that for as long as I can. Now that rolls into your next principle, number four, reignite your sense of adventure. Oh, yeah. That's important. It, because, you know, when you're working, you're basically in survival mode. You don't want to lose your job. You want to do what the company wants. You work a lot of hours. And it's all about providing financial security for your family and making sure everything's okay, paying off the mortgage and things like that. But once you're past that, once you become financially independent and you turn into a retirement rebel, you got to switch that survival mode back to adventure mode, like when you were a kid, yeah. and start doing all these crazy things like the retirement rebels are. But it's a different attitude. You got to say, okay, what adventure am I going to go on this week? What adventure am I going to go on this year? And to have some of these peak experiences that you want to try. Because that's really makes life exciting. So a peak experience might be saving up money and going to New York for a weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. I love going fishing, fly fishing for sand. Oh. So to me, that's a peak experience I do every year. But these are the things that really, you know, you'll stretch you and get you excited and you really feel good about yourself and just planning for a peak experience is exciting and it gives you something to look forward something to look forward to yeah and you do that every year so you never get bored you always got something to look forward to something to save for and it doesn't have to be that expensive to be a peak experience right mm -hmm. but it's it's something outside the box and something exciting and something that you look forward to Number five is tap into your spirituality. 
Yeah, to me, this is important because of the stress and everything coming at us. Uh, yeah, this is this is where I can go there and kind of reflect and and feel closer to to God and the universe. Really, when I go far up north above the tree line, there's right. computers, cell phones. There's nothing. It's just you're in the middle of a bush, right? And you sit on a rock and you think about things and you start to come up with answers. And you say, when I get back, I'm this is some of the things I want to try and do and it kind of, you know, it slows you down, it calms you down. And uh, I need that every year. It's, it's like my fortress of solitude that Superman had, right? I need to get away to this thing and have a break, emotional break and emotional break. break. And uh, so I do that. I do that by going into the bush, but people do that by going to church or synagogue or whatnot. The, the effect's the same. And they say prayer is equivalent to uh, meditating or doing yoga because it calms people down and it opens mm-hmm. up their, their minds and things like that. So you need to have a form of escape these days. And, you know, whatever works for you is the way to go. And going fishing at the, you know, at the George yeah. is my way. And the fishing's pretty good too. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it always helps when you actually get something in the boat, isn't it? Oh yeah, but I always let them go. That's the great. <laughs> there you are. But it's just All the right. fun of it. Right? Number six, we did we did touch on this, didn't we? Find your tribes. That's right, and you know, like minded people. Yeah, and it's just you know getting around with people because it meets your your need for socialization, and that's important. So the tribes I belong to is I have a, a bike riding tribe. Uh, mm-hmm. We do it during the pandemic but you know during the summer we would go out every Sunday for a couple hours and you ride you get a good workout in good conversation then we'd stop and have a coffee and talk some more so these are the things that that really make a life worthwhile and then I have another tribe as my swimming tribe like I talked about mm-hmm. too. so we swim uh, three times a week but it's just interesting to meet other interesting people like-minded that will challenge you to get better at whatever you want to get better at. And uh, no, it's, it's a lot of fun and you need it, right? Well, at least I need it. Number seven is make the most of your time. Yeah, this, this is a very, very important. It's something I never thought about before. And I, I actually did a time exercise to figure out how I was spending my time for a week. Okay. It's just amazing how much time you spend watching TV, uh, on the internet, on social media, and things like that is is such a complete waste. And it really woke me up, and I said, "Okay, from now on, I'm only going to invest my time in high return activities." So I call it roadie return on time invested. And okay. so, and okay, what activities would give me a good return on my time invested? And so for me, is you know, uh, doing my work right because. Right. Work really makes me feel good and it meets a lot of my needs. And then, you know, spending time working out, spending time eating properly, right? Spending time meeting new friends, spending time with my tribes. Those are all high return activities that I want to do. There's no return sitting on a couch watching TV. No. It's just, it's just terrible. But these are ruts that we fall into. And if you look at how much time retirees spend watching TV? You'd be you'd be amazed, and it's such a waste, right? Because they don't know there's other things they could do. 
And there's no one encouraging them to do these other things, right? So that's why, you know, we're trying to get people's head around that. Hey, schedule things in retirement. Come up with a new structure like you had in your work life. And these things that you want to do that are important to you that will make you feel good and carry that structure on, that schedule throughout your retirement, right? Number eight is adopt the right attitude. Yeah, yeah. So every, I don't know if everyone knows it, but negative people die much earlier than positive people. And, uh, you know, it's so important to, to look at retirement as the opportunity that it is. A lot of people look at it as almost like a death sentence, that they're just going to retire and be miserable and be bored and all these things. And it doesn't have to be that way. So look at the positive side. Look at the opportunities there and take advantage of the opportunities. This is the key, right? And, and uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, during the pandemic, negative people sitting at home are just miserable and they're doing all kinds of crazy things, just trying to numb themselves. Maybe they're drinking too much or eating too much and whatnot. Meanwhile, a positive person sitting there and saying, hey, this is a great opportunity to let me come up with a game plan for when I get out of this pandemic lockdown. This is what I'm going to pursue, right? So that's different in attitude. and. And there's a huge difference in happiness levels too. And the last one, I really like discover your purpose. Now I've, I've wrote down a quote you had in the book, the two most important days in your life, the day you're born, the day you find out why. Yeah. So those two, those two go together, obviously with your number nine, don't they? Well, they do because uh, there's two things here. Number one, everyone needs a good reason to get out of bed in the morning, especially in retirement, because you're in control of yourself because you have your freedom back. You need a good reason to get out, something that's interesting that would make you put a smile on your face. And then figure out why you're in this world. This, this is why, you know, when you go through the book, you'll see, you know, it took me a while to figure things out. But I always felt I was meant to do something. Mm. And I never knew what that was, right? And finally, I started to explore and think about things and whatnot. And I tried to figure out the things I valued. I never thought about this before. What do I value? What makes me happy? And I remembered back that helping people always made me happy, even in banking. If I could help someone, you know, I felt really good about things. And so it was more than the money. It was just, you know, helping people made me feel good. And when they said thank you, it made me feel like a million bucks because you knew you helped them or, or their family. So I said, okay. I know I need to do something like this. What can I come up with where I could help people and it would make me feel good and, and life would be wonderful? And that's where I came up with the idea, well, I've struggled so much trying to figure out this retirement thing and you know, create a lifestyle that work, work for myself. And I knew so many people would be struggling with it, the same thing. I said, that's it. That's what I was meant to be. Maybe I was going through all these experiences through my life, which I described in the book, just set me up for this one purpose. And it's a pretty good purpose, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm doing. So it finally clicked. I finally figured out what I was meant to do. Oh, awesome. And it's funny because I never realized it, but I developed skills in banking that I could transfer over to this new thing I'm doing, my new business. Like I loaned a lot of money to small businesses mm. so I can really give some advice to people that are considering starting their own business from that, um, 
that training I had in the bank. And also, I never thought about it, you know, turning into like a, a retirement coach. I was a people manager back in the bank, and he invested, you know, a lot of money in me, training me to be a coach for other people. And that translated into my new job as well. But I never thought about it until, you know, I kind of sat down and went through it all, and I went, wow, it kind of all fits. And it's- there had to be a reason behind why it all fit like Working for the bank was a good thing. When you talk about the book, uh, you know, it's not a book I'm going to sit down and read it for a week and I'm done. It's, it, you got to work through it chapter by chapter. It shouldn't, you should expect to do some work. It's not fiction. You got to actually. <laughs> That's right. And do a lot of thinking, right? Yeah. Is that what scares people off? Thinking. Ah. <laughs> well, you, you know, the thing is you need the time for it and you got to do it in a quiet place where you can really reflect on things. Because it really takes you deep and you find out most of the answers you're looking for are already inside you. You're just trying to pull them out and say, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this makes sense, right? And it, it takes time. It's, it's, it's a long process. And this is why we, we try to get people to do it three to five years before they retire. Let's spend the time and think this thing through and, and design this lifestyle that's, that's going to be very fulfilling for you. But once you do it and it clicks, like, yeah, life is really good. Life is good. Oh, yeah. And, and it should be good. It's because that's the payoff for all those years of hard work you put in, right? And all the sacrifices you made. This should be the best time of your life. Right? The book is called Retirement Hell or Heaven, Mike Drack. Mike, thank you for being with us today. Now, where do we find the book? How do we get a, how do we get a copy of it? Oh, you can order it online through Indigo because all the bookstores are closed right now, or it's available on Amazon too. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I sure enjoyed our show today. Thank you, Ian. It was was a pleasure meeting and talking with you. Have a good day. Take care. Thanks for listening to Your Longest Life with Ian Thompson. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and share it with others. For more info, articles, and to get in touch with Ian, visit yourlongestlife.com.